Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Blue Wire. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. What is going on, folks? This is the crossover episode of the Chase Down Podcast with our friends from the Locked On Cavs Network. We were planning this already today, and then massive news broke. The Cavs have acquired Jared Allen. I'm excited as hell. And with me today to discuss this is my buddy and my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing? What a time for a cross pod. The Cleveland Cavaliers have picked up Jared Allen and Terrain Prince for the low, low price of uh, a gently used Dante Exum, a 2022 Milwaukee first round pick that's going to probably be 30th overall, and a 2024 second. I am over the moon, but before I get to weigh in, we should let our guests do the same. We, we should do that. Our buddies from the Locked On Podcast, Locked On Cavs Podcast, my God, are, are joining us today. And we, we're going to split this podcast in two. So first half is going to be here on the Chase Down feed. And then you're going to have to check out second half on the Locked On Cavs feed. You guys should be checking out that podcast anyways. We are uh, two halves of the same pie. We accentuate each other's strengths and what we bring to the table. Aww. And with me today, Chris Manning. From the Locked On Cast podcast, Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. This is this is fun times. This is fun times, and I quite like the Cleveland Cavaliers hockey jersey you're rocking. It's vibe. Thank you, thank you. I got the the Cavs starter jersey, and Evan Damerol is also rocking some nice Cleveland gear. How you mm-hmm. doing, man? I'm glad you can see me despite the camo, but I'm doing good. Not too bad, you know. This is a surprising move in itself. I'm excited. The Cavs are kind of just working the edges a little bit and getting some assets out of this. So it's going to be a fun show, exciting time, and I'm always happy to be on the Chase Down. Work, work, working the edges. This is just, this is like showing up to a, a party and just getting a, an overly like audacious, you know, like at, at like the Oscars, they have like the gift bags that yeah. have like, that are worth like $10,000. That's what the Cavs <laughs> got for showing up to this trade. I mean, they, they gave up very, very little and to basically, in my opinion, facilitate a better press release for the Houston Rockets, which was four first round picks and then like four swaps, like adding that extra first round pick was enough to get them their foundational piece at center, right? Yeah, the, I, I really do think that this is a foundational piece for them. Um, one, one thing I noticed right away, so Jared Allen is 22 years old. He is a month and a half older than Obi Toppin. Like, this is someone that absolutely fits with the young core. Like, just let that sink in. We already know that he's a very good player. Um, I would make the argument he's probably a top 10 center, uh, or at least on the fringes of that conversation at 22 years old. And this shaves time off the rebuild. Like, centers take time to develop, Um, especially if you're getting one in the draft, until you're usually waiting until about their mid twenties before they're really able to contribute to winning. And Allen has already elevated himself to that level. 
and he's also someone that just fits really well with the guards and the the players that they already have on this team. He's, yeah. he's someone that sticks to what he does best. I guys, I I think this is just a flat out win for the Cavs. I I know there's a grade that gives them like a like a C, like they just like showed up and like are coasting through the class or whatever. And I think that's asinine. I think that I think like you gave up Dante Oxen, who I quite like, but it has is already hurt again. And pro- like considering like probably wasn't a, a make or break piece for you. Uh, you're in a situation where you gave up uh, the worst of you. It's like you gave up like a, you still have another first round pick that year. It's not like you gave up your <laughs> other pick that year. You know what I mean? It's, this isn't like you depleted your, your war chest. Like you get a war chest to, you restock it, you go get someone like Jared Allen. Um, and like, like he, he fits the timeline better. Uh, the, the only big loser in all of this in the Cleveland side is Andre Drummond, who I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about at some point, but Allen comes in really good rim protector, six eleven, seven six wingspan, finishes like very well at the rim like this is if you're looking as like if you're gonna build a center in a factory to like put behind sex land it's jared allen yeah yeah Yeah, and i think my favorite part of this is what you just mentioned chris which is they didn't just sit on the 2022 milwaukee pick you know like this is something that i've been kind of i've been talking a lot about a lot with other teams like the thunder like the celtics like these teams that have acquired these war chests and then you just end up with too many players. And I, I kind of was saying at the beginning of the year, like I don't actually need that many more 18 year olds on this roster. Not you know, me. they're kind of getting close to, you know, max capacity for kids that are this young in their development cycle. And using that, that capital to go pick up a player like Al, who, you know, is actually capable, still very young, still fits their timeline, but is already a contributor. It just makes sense. You know, like I, I think ultimately you still keep your own picks for those kind of home run swings. But for now, this is just great asset management from Kobe Altman, in my opinion. No, it really was. And then they still had the luxury of like Chris mentioned, Andre Drummond is a big loser in this trade. JaVale McGee probably loses out quite a bit too, because I feel the cash front office is going to force JV's hand a little bit and say, all right, you have this 22 year old center who is an unrestricted or sorry, a restricted free agent next off season. And they kind of want to see what they have with them. And obviously I believe it would make sense for Allen to be in the Cavs future plans long-term, but at the same time, like now McGee and Drummond are probably more readily available. And that means in turn, Kobe can acquire more assets and maybe make more moves like this down the line. Like that's one thing Kobe Upman has done really well in his tenure as GM is make really smart, logical trades. And one of them being like acquiring four second round picks and he accumulates those along with cash to buy the 30th overall pick and get Kevin Porter jr. It's moves like that where they're within reason. And then it's just a part of the long plan. And then, you know, just wait for opportunities like this to arise. And no, I really love the Jared Allen fit though. Like I am so excited to have like a young defensive minded center. That's also low usage. So it's really going to accentuate the young guards on this team as well. That's yeah, the I thing think... he fits. He fits so well with them. Like we, we got an expert. Um, we got to kind of test drive Andre Drummond and what he does to those young guards, the, the way that he's able to accentuate the way they play. And Allen brings a lot of that to the table without doing the stuff that you don't want from Drummond. Like you, you don't have to give him post up opportunities. You, you don't have to um, give him the same type of touches that kind of ruin the flow of the offense. He just fits. Right. And we've talked about this before, where, in my opinion, with centers, you either have a Jokic type where, okay, you can run offense through him, um, you, you can do a whole bunch of different things, or you have someone like Tristan Thompson, who sticks to what he does best, and is that attack rim attacking center, and that's exactly what Allen is, that's exactly what he brings to the table. 
And what makes this exciting to me is we already knew that the Cavs had done a good job acquiring assets with not a lot of flexibility. Um, That aspect of the rebuild, I think, had gone well. But what we didn't know yet and what we were hoping to learn this season is how good of a job are they going to do building with those assets? Like Chris Grant, I think you could make an argument. He did a very good job acquiring assets, Mm -hmm. but the team building aspect of (laughs) Left, <laughs> left stuff no, to be I, desired. Look, it was not all, great. The, the Chris Grinner, I went back and looked at like that era of moves not too long ago, and like I, I needed a cup of bleach after. Like it was, it was quite bad. Um, Kobe's never done anything like Galaxy Brain. I don't think. You know, like I, I think, no. um, I think you could argue, like I, you could definitely, I think, argue that all of Sexton's really good. Like you could argue, like the Kyrie trade is like a weird thing in some ways, but that was a weird time, and like Sexton's mm-hmm. really good, or whatever. This is just like a trade where you're just thinking about building the ne- a competent Cavs team for the next like five years, maybe longer. Like this is pretty perfect, and I and I think Allen diversifies the team in a like the defensive stuff is obvious, and I think that's kind of going to be really important long term. But for this year, and and the Drummond, the point on Drummond is really smart because. Like Drummond is this big body and Justin is in our, we have a little, you know, squat chat that we have with some sort of folks and um, noted ER David Zabak and uh, Drummond like will take like four shots to make one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, yeah. he, he, he no, will like, it's accurate. He, he's not really a vertical threat. He's not really a lob threat. You have to like feed him like on the move and get him cutting more so than you can a lob with Jared Allen. Like, like Colin Sexton should be able to get like one or two more assists a game where he just comes off a pick and roll and he can get into the lane. And when, if they start reacting to that pull jumper, he can throw up a lot. Darius Garland is going to be feasting with Jared Allen, like absolutely feasting with him. Um, And you know, I think in the short term until Drummond is traded or his contract runs out or whatever, like I think JB Bicker staff is going to have to manage that correctly. Mm. That, that, that'll be Mm -hmm. tricky because one of the things coming out of Brooklyn was like, Jared wants to start. Like he doesn't like, he thinks he's better than Deandre and he was right. Like, at least for parts of the last couple of years. Like, I, I think like you have to kind of manage the personality part of it. And J, but JB's proven to be really good at that. Like, but in terms of an actual fit, it's just so much cleaner. Um, and, and, it, and I think if you can add that vertical spacing to the worst offense in the NBA and generate yourself some easy buckets at the rim, that's just like a really good addition for a team. Again, like according to clean in the glass this year, there it Drummond, is. Hey, check your bingo card. Drummond is at 52% finishing at the rim. Mm-hmm. 52%. What? That's he's Hell usually yeah. like he's usually at 62%. Jared Allen's at 75%. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and yes, he's playing on the nets. He's playing with KD and Kyrie and and you know, whatever. Even if he's at 70%, like that's such that that's really, really good for a really, really bad offensive team. That's well, just well, that's just a win. Here's what it is, Chris, as well, is, you know, I think there is a case to be made. Like, I I think some people, you know, that I've been higher on Drummond than most. Um, And I think there have been times where, because of what the Cavaliers' uh, health has been and just where they are in the development curve, they've needed Andre to eat more possessions than maybe you want. That's led to some of those lower percentages. Plus, Andre just kind of likes to do that kind of stuff. Like, I think we all have to acknowledge that, too. But, you know, I think what it comes down to is, the style of offensive player that Jared Allen is makes a lot more sense for the, for the uh, version of the Cavaliers that is being driven by its young players, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's ultimately Mm -hmm. what's going to raise this team's ceiling is when they're winning because of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and the way they're playing off of their teammates and not because Andre Drummond 
had a beastly finishing night on, inside and just, you know, happened to, you know, uh, you know, talent, ta- you know, he, he can kind of raise their floor in that way. Whereas Allen just makes more sense on the next good Cavs team. And that's why I really like him on the offensive end of the ball. The other thing is it just answers a question, right? Like th- once there wasn't an extension with Andre Drummond, it was clear that he wasn't going to be part of this team beyond this season in all likelihood. Now you don't have to use a draft asset on a center. You don't have to use, Mm -hmm. if you're in the lottery and you get another high pick, you don't have to go use that pick on a center. It really does free up um, a lot of the team building. Like it's, you've got your guards, you got wings in KPJ and Isaac Okoro, uh, Dylan Windler's possibly in that mix. Um, Like you can go a whole lot of different directions and just make whatever the best kind of asset move is um without worrying about team building decisions right like just they're in a position where they really can just take the the best player available um they can fill out the the roster in the off season like it really feels like they're set up uh going into next summer there's there's one thing i think this team clearly needs like above all else it's like a super creator who can make easy shots for other guys that like like and guess guess what there's maybe a couple lows in the draft Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And um, my summon, I've had a summoning circle in my car, like just a big, like fire hazard, like probably going to get like whatever I, I Kate Cunningham would just like run into this team and it'd be like, it would fit perfectly. Um, yeah. He's the only one that I'm super familiar with. Kuminga is interesting too. Jalen Suggs could be interesting. All of the size isn't there, but like, I think if you just look at what these guys do and what we think they're going to do um, and KPJ is sort of like the biggest unknowable wild card in all yeah. of this. And we'll see how Darius ultimately does over the course of the full season. But I think you need like that creator to eat up some of that stuff still. And that should make Allen's life easier. That'll make mm-hmm. Sexton's life easier. That'll make Garland's life easier. Like you need that kind of player, I think, to really elevate this. And you can like patchwork it and Nance can help with that. But I think we've seen this year that even if you have guys on the team that are good passers, there's a limit on like not having someone who actually makes the, the ball move and makes everything kind of function. And if you add that to this, like you could, you could be off and running. Like if you get really lucky in the lottery and you get Kate or you get whomever else, I think you could, you could, I, this would be the first time that I think in a non LeBron situation that it would be pretty appropriate for the Cavs to put their foot on the gas and see what can happen. I really, I'm really like, that sure that this could be interesting assuming like Alan Rick stays and everything like that. Well, it's not just that is, Oh, go ahead, Cardi. No, you got it. You got it. Um, It's just not that just that, like you also think of like the long-term defensive potential for this team, obviously like Okoro, Nance and Allen, we'll probably touch on that in a little bit, but offensively, like Allen isn't a slouch either. I mean, he isn't going to attempt three pointers like Drummond does for his career. He's a 17% three point shooter, but he can move the rock a little bit. He's averaging two assists per game and maybe he. Alan, I just feel more comfortable. He's more, he knows what his role is. He's not going to be trying to bring the ball up and act like he's a facilitator on offense, like uh, Cleveland's current starting center, but he also isn't, the ball isn't going to stick with him as well. I think there's just going to be a lot of offensive cohesiveness. And if he really is in the long-term plans of this Cavs squad, it's a good thing to have that familiarity. And I think with the Cavs waving Thon maker and Yogi Ferrell uh, (laughs) Cavs legend, Yogi Ferrell, I think maybe they're tipping their hat a little bit that maybe some of their young guards might become available soon. And this might make this a little bit more exciting to go with as soon as Allen's available to play as well. Yeah. I mean, I I'm so excited to get to see it. And I think you kind of make a good point. And what you've heard from Nets fans who obviously have been watching Allen for years and have really fallen in love with him and grew to very much resent the Deandre uh, Jordan experience (laughs) is that Allen has become a pretty capable passer in the short role. Uh, I would argue that Drummond 
is a more skilled passer. Like yes. Drummond can make passes yeah. that a lot of big men can't make. Um, but as Evan mentioned, the ball really sticks with him. You know, uh, he'll hold on to the ball trying to make the perfect pass and, and, and kind of kill momentum of plays. You know, I think it's okay if you lose a little bit of playmaking talent, but find someone who can stick in a role a little bit better, like, yeah. like an Allen. Um, obviously, we, the what to be done with the center position, I think we got to maybe we save for the back half of the podcast uh, mm-hmm. when we get yeah. over for, for your half. Uh, but, man, it uh, Allen just makes so much sense for this team on offense. Yeah, he, he really does. And and the nice thing about him, too, is you know that he's actually going to be ready for the ball in the pick and roll. Like, that mm-hmm. that's his bread and butter. And, like, Drummond, he prefers to get it in post-ups, right? Like, he, he gets it in different situations. And um, I think Chris's point about adding playmaking is a good one. I, I think especially in today's NBA, the more guys you have that can initiate the offense, the less predictable you become, the easier it becomes for everybody to initiate offense. Like, I, I think Garland looks like he can run an offense to, to some extent, and, and Sexton's improved as a passer as well. Um, but get, getting another guy that can bring that to the table, even if it is just secondary playmaking, could really help unlock this offense. I'm, I'm not necessarily ready to kind of say what this team is offensively, just because there's been so many pieces in and out of the lineup, and I do think that their offensive ceiling is higher uh, than what we've seen, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that Allen is going to help unlock some of that playmaking from the guards, especially when you look at coming into the NBA. The biggest strength for Garland, Sexton, and KPJ was their prowess in the pick and roll. And to, to have a guy that's really going to help unlock that, I, I think, is really invaluable. Yeah, I really didn't. You know, it was funny when they traded for Andre Drummond. You know, he has the reputation as being an elite athlete. I think he is. He's just a different kind mm-hmm. of athlete than I thought maybe he was going to be when he came in. His his athleticism comes with how well he moves at his size, um, you know, his his lateral quickness, his fast hands, all that fun stuff. But he's certainly not a lob threat at all. You know, he's just not. And, and the way that Allen is going to make Darius Carlin specifically his life easier, it just can't be – it can't be understated. I, I'm really, really excited to see this team. Uh, and plus, if Nance's jumper kind of stays where it is or Kevin Love uh, makes his return, I think it's going to be an appropriately spaced floor for this team as well. You mm-hmm. know, it, it kind of reminds me, uh, it feels like forever ago, but this team is supposed to be, its ceiling was supposed to be in its offense, not its defense. You know, we thought that this team was maybe going to be 13th, 14th offensively, maybe, and 28th defensively. And yeah, it's been very much the inverse. I think this is a move that actually really helps them tilt the scales. I, I do kind of want to talk about the defense, though. Um, and I'm kind of curious what you guys think, because I, I, I don't know Jared Allen's defensive game quite as much as I know his offensive game. I know that he's not the best post defender, but that's not as you know in vogue of a skill. It's mostly about the team defense. But Drummond's just been so damn good on that end. If if Allen eats his minutes, do we think this offense gets better, worse, or stays the same? You, you mean, mean the defense? Defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we both Thanks jumped to on all you. of you. Thanks <laughs> everyone. On you. Um, I didn't say a word. It's because you went to Akron. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Anyways. So I I think you're trading, you're trading the active hand for block shots. Mm-hmm. That's what you're. That's that's the trade art I think you're making defensively. Yeah. Like Allen's going to protect the rim. He's going to make it harder for guys to shoot there. Um, 
you're probably not going to get you're you're probably not going to get as many deflections like when it's like him and and Nance or or whatever. But I think Certainly like not him and Love. Well, no. but here's but I but I think if you're like looking at like having to like let's just assume that the the Kevin Love is going to be around, like like I don't like we don't know. It just seems likelier because of the contract. He, he's likely going to be around for this season. Yes. Yeah. Um. It seems like just way likelier that Allen's going to be able to prop him up because of like his ability to protect the rim when Love gets attacked the pick and roll or anything like that. Um. And I think if you I think if you put him and Nance on the floor together, like you can do some real interesting stuff in terms of having mobile bigs too. Um, you know, and, and I think the other thing about this is like, we'll talk about this more in the second, but Drummond's like the big loser in this whole trade. I think like, because one of the places that conceivably could have paid him is now off the board. The Cavs have like absolutely no reason not to pay Jared Allen versus Drummond. And like, I'm, and, I mean, I'm, unless this blows up in spectacular fashion, which would you, which, which I like, have my doubts. Like, it's not 2020 mm-hmm. anymore. So, like, you know, fingers crossed for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, um, well, but um, when you th- when you when I look at uh, I, my Apple Watch is just on it. You would have British Mail Siri as your Siri. <laughs> I have British Mail Siri. The I'm a big Carter, fan my guy, my I absolute want, guy. That's here, my guy. What I, I want my Siri to feel like Alfred the Butler. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Yeah, okay. I look. England's great. Um, England's great. <laughs> not, wow. Yeah. Well, so, so the okay, thing but is, no, but no, no, here's my thing. Yeah. If you do this and this all sort of works out coherently, like in Drummond, you have to figure out what's going on with Dre. Like you just kind of have to, and that that's on JB. And like Drummond has motivation, obviously, to play until he gets moved or his contract runs out because like he needs to earn his next money. But um, and, unless Jared Allen like tears his Achilles or something like there's no reason to like yeah there's there's absolutely no reason for the Cavs to be interested in like paying Andre Drummond and I just and I promise in the, our group chat that I would say this Carter was right about Dre he's better than I thought he's just he's not my personal taste but I think he's he's good at what he does and he's more he's effective than DeMar DeRozan you don't and like I love DeMar DeRozan okay well that's I, I've come around on DeMar just because of the mental health stuff that guy that guy's you've, a, that guy's you've come around dude. on both of them how about that you, you, I know. you found the value in them I've, I've become le- <laughs> I've become less of a curmudgeon in my old age I, I like to see that Chris and and the exciting thing about Alan too is he's very far from a finished product right like he, he's yeah. athletic he's mobile you, you can see him he's learning 22. to be active executing their system uh, the Cavs have a good player development program, it seems like, too, which is exciting to see. And you know what? Blue Wire has a good development program as well. And that's why I want to talk about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listing platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as many other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Folks, I want to float something out to you guys. And it's a thought that has crossed my mind. I think we've seen Nance as 
a third big probably is a little more productive. I, I think he, if you're getting 25 minutes a night out of him, um, multiple positions, um, he, he just, he has such a great impact on the game. He's probably been the Cavs most impactful player. I'm kind of wondering with what the Cavs already have with the way that Jared Allen fits so well with Kevin Love. I almost wonder if this second half of the season is going to make things a little more fun for Kevin. And if you might see a different level of buy-in and, and maybe less urgency to get moved because he, he really does fit well with what they got going on, at, at least theoretical Kevin Love, if he can get back to what we've seen the last couple of years. Personally, I'd like to hear what Chris has to say about this one. Cause he just wrote a really good piece about the Cavs floundering offense and what they need. And in my opinion, it's a lot of Kevin Love. The Cavs need Kevin Love. Yep. Um, Kevin Love, I think, like, I, I've, I hung on for too long that Kevin Love, you needed to bring back, like, a, a light version of Minnesota Kevin Love. I, I don't even care about that anymore. I think his mm-hmm. passing will help and stuff, but he's still, like, an elite floor spacer. He's going to draw, he, if you just watch games and you watch when he's in versus when Nance is in, like, Nance can shoot it. Nance is taking a high volume of threes. It's, like, kind of crazy how many threes he's taking versus, like, where he was, like, even two years ago. It's it's kind of nuts, um, yeah. but a good nuts. Um, Love is, like, the missing ingredient to the spacing of their offense and just making everything work. Like, there's just something in what he still does in terms of taking a lot of threes, in terms of being able to, like, take them as, like, quick pull-ups when he needs to, in terms of, like, opening up different actions that you need for a, with, a, with a pick-and-pop big. Like, they run that. I, I say this all the time on, on lockdown Cavs, but they, they, the Cavs love this double drag action. It's one of the things they drilled in their mini camp. It's they, they ran it a lot in the preseason. It only really works right now when you have Kevin love because teams don't give a sh- about Larry Nance jr. As a, a popper. Like they just don't care. So like when it's Sexton, let's just say it's Sexton Nance and Drummond. Like you're in this position where like, okay, you, you basically, like Drummond as a lob threat is like okay like whatever you obviously don't want to give him a clean position to just dunk but like it's mm-hmm. not a huge threat as a pick and roll you're you're comfortable with Nance mostly shooting threes in it you can contest it and if you look at uh like and you look at Sexton or Fitzgarland like yeah it, you you can settle for them taking mid-range if you do this with Allen and Love Love's gonna draw attention Allen's got real vertical rolling gravity and it's gonna make everything easier on the guards and I think Kevin in just like if you're like, look, Kevin, like we're supporting you with the center. We have Larry, like you're still well-paid. The guards are, the guards have improved. And I, you know, maybe you want it to be somewhere else, whatever. This is like your, this is like a good chance for Kevin to actually probably play meaningful basketball again. And yeah. the Cavs need him. The Cavs need his shooting. Like I, their offense needs to take more threes. Um, Like they need Sexton to be more aggressive with it. They need Garland to be more aggressive with it. They need a healthy Dylan Windler. Kevin Love is the, most obvious solution to so many of their issues because he's still really good even if he's not apex kevin love anymore and the game has changed around him in a way that affects him i still think he's really really good and it's gonna can fix a lot of stuff if you empower him and and try to keep him healthy and and keep him involved i I think it's a huge huge win if you can get kevin and maximize him he's the Cavs are one of the teams that actually can maximize him now even if he's overpaid right like sorry sorry to cut you off carter but like in a theoretical world, let's say we just we flip Drummond to Toronto, Baines, Norm Powell, and and some other salary filler in a month or so. A theoretical team where it's Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Love, Allen off the bench. You got KPJ, oh. Windler, Powell, Iron uh, Boyd in the on the Chase Town podcast out here. Just list some lineups. 
Larry Nance, uh, McGee, like that's a team that makes a lot of sense. Like it's guys that complement what each other do well. And I, I just like, to me, it's exciting and it would be really funny. I, I still don't count on it. Um, I, I think maybe love gets moved this summer, but it would be funny to see things go full circle where the Cavs have turned things around in, I, I, I know it's been this is year three, but it's a relatively quick turnaround given where they were starting off. But they're back in a position where he complements what they do really well, and it's actually a nice fit. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that, uh, you know, Chris had that really nice, eloquent piece about all the things Kevin Love does for this team. He's the only way they can get to it to becoming a volume three-point shooting team right now. Like, mm-hmm. and if you want to have a good offense in the NBA, you got to be able to get up. It's not, it's not budgets. even volume. It's just like not 1981 anymore. You yeah. know, like, yeah. I mean, well, it's not that they don't want to, you know, it's just Garland's not as trigger happy as we thought he was going to be uh, early on uh, in his, you know, when they drafted him Sexton really is not, I don't think he's really built to be a guy who takes nine, 10 threes in a game. Like that's just no. not really his DNA. Uh, Jetty is the closest thing to someone who wants to get get them off at a high volume but he's not that good of a shooter so like it just like he's the only one who really makes sense for them like nance nance i think your dream is that he shoots a good respectable percentage on three or four attempts a game you know i don't think he's mm-hmm. ever going to be a volume three-point shooter no no <laughs> at all evan what are your thoughts on uh love well adding love and i've always just been a big proponent of this like love's a big winner in getting and getting jared allen just because of the defensive presence allen provides and like chris said like it, it creates a multifaceted threat for Cleveland on offense with love popping out to the perimeter and Allen being a lob threat as well. But I also think Isaac Okoro is a big winner too, where Okoro has been kind of hamstrung with having to play with mostly the Canton charge and the remnants of Cle- the back end of Cleveland's rotation or the top end of Cleveland's rotation and Andre Drummond. And I think Okoro playing with competent players and being able to run actual offensive sets is, is going to help him grow offensively as well. And like, that's just what I've been a big proponent of because a lot of people have been critical of like Okoro's just kind of looking either a little passive on offense or he's just looking mismatched out there. And I think actually putting good NBA players next to him is just going to make Cleveland better on both ends of the floor. No, I, I, I completely agree. And, uh, we can get into what we expect from Okoro and the Cavs from here on out, but we should probably transition to the locked on portion of this. Chris, I mentioned before, we're better off when we have multiple playmakers. So I'm going to let you run the offense here in just a second. But for everyone listening on the Chase Down feed, make sure you go to Locked on Cavs for part two of this podcast and support both of our podcasts the same way, which is leaving that rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Down's Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. And until next time, go Cavs.